You have now arrived at Stadium Engel. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. This your boy, 35, All-American. And Dan. The Danimation. Dan got a new name on the screen every week, and it's quite uh, – I see the bag you're going in. I think it's kind of easy for you, dude. You just found any, like, random stuff that starts with A-N. And, yeah, and that's right. yeah, that's right. So um, that's what we're trying to do every week. Try to have some sort of new name out here. You know, try to catch some of our guests off guard. So if you don't know, we, we live stream kind of, we have this like platform to live stream. So it's all video. Uh, so you put our own name on there. So we've had, uh, what have we had? We've had uh, exotic Danster, Danimation. Um, Danimal. 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 So we're, uh, yeah, yeah so we're going to, we're going to keep this up. So I'll let you guys know every week what we got up here. So this week we got Danimation. Oh, shout out to the Danimation. Amar, how you feeling, bro? Oh, I'm 1,000. I'm 1,000. Man, just hanging 1, out. And, uh, excited to pod. Get to talk to y'all, you know, weekly. So uh, I'm excited to get this thing rolling. How y'all boys doing in y'all personal life? Everything good with the wives? Everything good at home? Yeah, man. Sure. Happy wife, happy life. Why? I uh, found that out real quick. So uh, happy husband, happy life, life too, bro. Be honest. That too, though. That too. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, I try to, you know, I try to keep. I, look, my vibes is real chill around the house. So you know, I hear you. I want to do. Yeah, man. You I gotta be chill, not you know, you know. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. It's been a rough uh, week personally for me, but uh, we're getting back at it. It's good to uh, to be back on uh, with you guys. Just uh, just a couple things that we're working through, but uh, lightning are on. Trying to uh, distract myself a little bit with that, and then uh, obviously with uh, with you guys. So it's good. So let's get on the show. I don't think anybody wants to hear my uh, my melodramatic thoughts, you know. So um, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Right, I'll t- I'll text you after. I care we'll, about we'll, your mental we'll, we'll do it off air. No, no, you yeah. guys are, are awesome. I'll let you. There you go. Appreciate that. Life appreciate coach. I don't know if you know that. I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're an unofficial life coach, right? Or you're an official yeah, life coach, you. unlicensed therapist, right? <laughs> Everything's good over here. Not a whole lot going on, oh, man. man. Same old, same old. You know, uh, just work, podcasting. You know the yeah. vibes, man. Fall camp is on is on the horizon, man. So we can get into some of that talk. Yeah, yeah. Let's do. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's get into. Uh, let's start the show, and then I'm looking forward to talking about where we're at with everything. So it's an exciting time, and uh, we're gonna. Um, uh, then, as always, this show is brought to you by our friends over at the Thomas Firm. The Thomas Firm is going to handle all your insurance claims for property damage to homes or businesses. Their lawyers have over 20 years of experience in handling roof damage and leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, and fires. They work all over the state of Florida. No claim is too big or too small for them. So if you suspect that you have damage to your home, give the Thomas Law Firm a call for your free consultation to ensure that your insurance company pays what you are owed for the complete repair of your home. No charge unless they recover uh, what you're owed from the insurance company. Give them a call, 813-221-2525. And you can visit them at tntattorneys.com. Again, that's the Thomas firm, 813-221-2525. Big shout out to those guys. A big shout out to Adam Lewis and um, Jed Thomas over there. All right, boys, uh, before we get into Gator news, college football's back. Uh, Austin P versus Central Arkansas. Kicked off on Saturday, I think at about 8 p.m. Uh, here Eastern time. Did you guys watch the game at all? 
I did not catch that game, man. I, I, listen, I tried to catch it, but the vibes <laughs> and the whole game just kind of like kind of threw me off a bit. So yeah, if I, if I was, home, I just wasn't home. I was at um actually at the studio oh, working yeah. at night, man. If you, I was at home, I probably would have watched it. I don't care about any football. It's football. I just didn't have a, a, a opportunity to get in front of a TV. But I watch Pop Warner right now. If it's a, if it's a decent amount of kids, like good kids. I did catch yeah, a couple of those high school games though. Uh, ESPN this weekend. That's right. Yeah, right. They, uh, they, uh, school from Indiana, school from Ohio. Play you had Austin. Yeah, that, that was a good game. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was an exciting yeah, that game. Next, that same next game was crazy at the end. Yeah, man, that was a, that was a good game. No, it was cool. The uh, the first play of the game from scrimmage, uh, Austin P scored a 75-yard uh, option touchdown run. Uh, just a cool way to welcome football back. And then Central Arkansas just announced, uh, like right before the show started, so it's about 745 uh, on Monday night, that uh, they had zero positive cases uh, right. of COVID after they test. So that's, that's huge news uh, as we continue to push football along. We've got some more games that are this week. And then uh, we really start to get in the meat and potatoes of uh, some of the uh, the ACC schedule the week after that. So after that, you know, the SEC is going to come back in about three and a half weeks, and and then we'll be in the full swing of things. So you know, knock on wood, this stuff can kind of continues to happen. So um, let's see other news around the country. LSU uh, had a number of players announce that they are opting out, uh, with the most recent being former Florida Gator commit Jamar Chase. Uh, that leaves uh, LSU with six returning starters from their national championship team, uh, and I believe they just had a defensive lineman uh, opt out just right before the show started. So I didn't even I wasn't able to catch his name. So, uh, boys, thoughts on LSU's program? Oh man, I mean it's going to be an uphill battle. Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, definitely it's not going to be the same team that we. Mm-hmm. Saw last year on the field and whatnot, and uh, you know, but you know, a school like LSU, uh, you know, got players that that you know, when the rifle, rifles drop, they can they can step in. So um, I don't expect it to be you know an easy game. So, you know, yep. still have some competitive players out there, but uh, definitely not like last year for sure. Not. Yeah, let me let me ask you guys um, if if you're going to have a number of players opt out, uh, not just opt out period, but potentially leave early. Um, I feel like this might be a good year, right? Like, you know, there's, we're not totally sure what we're going to be playing for. We could potentially be playing for, you know, a national championship could not be, you know, do you think that this could potentially give LSU, you know, a pretty big leg up uh, for next year when things potentially return back to normal with getting all those younger guys? These guys are, um, I think something's going on at at, uh, LSU. I don't think this is like just, just regular opt out. So I think this is like deeper than the surface of just, so there's a deeper issue at hand. Um, these are guys that they were expecting to start, and they're transferring as as practice is happening. Uh, Jamar Chase uh, decided to sit so out after fall camp has started. He's, he's, he's got the best players in the damn man, arguably in the country. Yeah, shit, bro. So, yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's my point. Yeah, this this is deep, bro. They got. I'm with you, sir. You know, I I, I you know. For some for something like this, it's just all of a sudden, you know, a few weeks before everything starting to go. You know, either there's no plan, you know, because that, that's one thing that I can kind of think about. Like, man, you know, these guys out here, it's just willy-nilly with, with everything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's no plan. And everybody just on their own agenda. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. It'll be curious to see how LSU is able to, to bounce back. Obviously, a new quarterback, a new offensive coordinator, a lot of new changes on their team. So it'll be curious to see how they uh, come back. Obviously, they've recruited really well under Ed Orgeron. And even before that, a lot of great talent there in Louisiana State's home, Texas, and they've been able to recruit nationally. So it'll be interesting to see how all of those uh, you know players bounce back and uh, you know how the team bounces back. But uh, I think they're ranked number six in the country, number five in the country uh, in a lot of the preseason polls. So it'll be curious to see if they, they are you know a top five team, top ten team. I don't think that they are. Uh, uh, but again, like you said, Ahmad, uh, definitely not a team that you can slouch over just because of how good the talent that they continue to get is. No, they're in trouble. LSU's in big <laughs> trouble. They lost yeah. both of their projected starting defensive ends. I, like they got that. They got guys that could, that could play mm-hmm. still, but they ain't no people who go out in LSU. You know, we we gonna look past them. We still can't look past them, but they they for sure not gonna be what what they they thought it was gonna be last year after the season. Yeah, I'd be curious. So, so, I mean, you make a point, you know, is there something going on at LSU? There's a lot of players that are transferring, uh, not just opting out for the season and preparing for the NFL draft like Jamar Chase is, but transferring, you know, one of their starting potential defensive ends uh, transferred to UAB, right? So there is some other big changes uh, or some other big issues that are, that are happening over there. I mean, it could certainly be something and it could be nothing, but um, I don't, uh, I, I don't, feel upset at all that all of these players are choosing to leave back. Yeah. It makes me feel really well. Um, and still, at, at the same time, I'm glad the boys get up out of there because we, we don't want to sweat too much, Dan. Yeah. Um, no, who's going to beat – we're going to beat shit out of LSU anyway. <laughs> like, I'm not like, – I, I didn't care if they had those guys. I felt like we was going to beat LSU anyway. They lost a lot of players. Um, a brand-new offensive coordinator that, that, that they haven't – you know what I'm saying? Like the offense is going to be totally different than the play calling last year. They got Miles Brennan at the helm. They lost the the best quarterback they had probably ever. You know what I'm saying? For his like uh, accolades and, and having a season, so I expect them to fall off regardless. And now that they're losing their best player on the team and Jamar Chase, and now their best two pass rushers, man, like yeah, it's setting up for us to win. And I don't yeah. care if it creates pressure on us. Yeah, we should go beat the shit out of this team. The pressure. Yeah, ain't I- as a fan, we should beat the shit out of LSU. No, I agree. I think that Florida has more talent, uh, you know, at least developed talent. I mean, if you look up, you know, stars wise, they probably have more four stars or five stars. But in terms of the development, uh, in terms of the way that the players have grown and changed since they've been on campus, I like Florida's chances against LSU. You know, obviously we'll see how LSU is able to to bounce back. But, uh, you know, I I really like Florida's chances here. And that was one of those games that I was concerned about. Right. Uh, so what do you think is going on at LSU? You think it's some smoke, or you think I'm just talking a little bit? I, I don't it know. Be, it could be uh, some smoke. I think I think it might be some smoke, but I'm not sure though. Because like what Dan said, it could be either or, man. But um, you know, eventually, you know, whatever whatever's in the dark serves to the light. So and sums so up. We'll see soon. It'll, it'll be interesting. So I'm looking so far, LSU has lost a quarterback, two offensive guards, one center, one offensive tackle, two wide receivers, a tight end, a running back. Two defensive ends, an outside linebacker, a cornerback, an edge rusher, two more linebackers, and then a safety. So that's a lot to lose. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people to replace, right? And that's a lot of great time. I mean, you're talking, you know, Christian Fulton, Grant Delpit, um, you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Joe Burrow, right? Like these, you know, Jamar right. Chase, obviously, Justin Jefferson. These aren't just your kind of run of the mill starters. These are, you right. know, really top, you know, top end talent, drafted talent, right? Uh, will be drafted talent. So uh, I'm here for it all. Ultra uh, Run C was hot before this hot season last year. That's why everybody's forgetting. He was, 
he was a bad season away from getting fired. So this could be a Gene Chesnick type situation. You can win yeah. that championship, come back and shit the bed, win two, three games and get out of there. Like that's not far fetched at all because this seat was hot before yeah. last season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to conject, you know, have any conjecture that something is happening at LSU. Uh, but I also don't know, right? I mean, obviously, there's we we can talk about it another time. Uh, right. I don't want to get on the show because I don't want people to to misconstrue my thoughts. This is an audio recorded medium, so uh, if you want to know what those thoughts are, slide in my DMs. I'll tell you a little bit more. Uh, with all that being said, let's get into the uh, Gator news of the week, which is sponsored by our friends over at Roof Soldier. Roof Soldier is a veteran-owned company that specializes in aspects of residential and commercial roof replacement and repair. So whether you've experienced any recent roof leaks or damage, or simply want to take advantage of having a free roof inspection as we head into the summer months or in the middle of the summer months, give them a call. Uh, at one eight seven seven roofs fl or roofsoldier.com again roofsoldier.com and one eight seven seven roofs fl all right boys let's go over uh, a couple of pieces of news and then we'll we'll start to break down some of the other things that, that we've known and heard uh, outside of the football program uh, shout out to Amanda Lorenz who's going to serve as the program's volunteer assistant coach for the software our pardon me software softball team this season uh, so big shout out uh, to her uh, former great Gator and would love to get her on the show we've been talking with her just trying to work out schedule so shout out to Amanda Lorenz also uh, freshman incoming freshman Finley Graham from a mod blacks neck of the woods. Uh, Finley Graham fractured his arm uh, looks to be out about three or four weeks on a arm tackle uh, on Lorenzo Lingard, where uh, it looks like his arm forearm went right into his knee or just above his knee into his thigh. So um, prayers out to Finley Graham, who will be out for three or four weeks. Uh, Terry and Arnold defensive back from, uh, from Tallahassee uh, announced his top 11 uh, in the Florida Gators in that top 11. Uh, Florida, I believe right now, is probably the odds on favor to land Terry on Arnold. And I know that uh, Steve Wilfong, the crystal ball, crystal ball god, uh, announced uh, his crystal ball pick of Terry and Arnold to the Gators uh, the day that that was released last week. Uh, so it will be uh, interesting to see and, and watch his commitment. He says that he's going to be announcing a little bit later this year. We'll see if that's actually going to be the case or not. But Terry and Arnold, defensive back, uh, has announced that Florida is in his top 11. All right, boys. So uh, we put a bit of a feeler out there on Friday night uh, that uh, the scrimmage was happening. And, and we we uh, obviously have some backstory. Yeah, no, let's, let's talk about a little bit of recruiting before we move on. You want okay. To yeah. okay. I have like a few, a few, like, I mean, we're to the point where we're getting to the season. So uh, recruiting kind of takes the, the back seat. So I just want us to like kind of just wrap up the off season. I mean, we we're at a good spot right now. We were like six or seven um, on two four seven composites. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it keeps getting adjusted because program or because uh, websites like Rivals are, are updating uh, their uh, their numbers. Right. I know that they uh, updated last week. Uh, I know that a lot of people were were upset that a lot of Gators seemingly dropped a couple of spots. And I don't know if you need to read into that as much as maybe some other players jumped them. But I also don't know with no games being played, practices, et cetera, how those numbers are being created. But Anthony Richardson made a huge jump. I think he made one of the biggest jumps uh, into the top 100. But Anthony Richardson. Uh, or, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Car- uh, uh, Carlos Dorio. Carlos Dorio. Yeah. Sorry, Carlos Dorio. Y'all understand how the quarterbacks would have made a jump because the quarterbacks been competing. Right. They had the elite eleven, and uh, some things got adjusted. Uh, I won't even get caught up, call up in the the rankings, up and down in the ranking, all that movement. I mean, no camps happened, no football happened. I mean, these descriptions got to be sold. It's just business, right? Um, I got top like the top four 
guys I think that I have on my list for for his landing and we're in like big competition with. Uh, Terry and Arnold, who you mentioned before, uh, I think that that competition is down to us and Bama. Uh, <laughs> Four-star defensive back out of uh, John Paul Catholic in Tallahassee. Uh, I like us in that battle right now. We received two crystal balls recently. I don't even care about the crystal balls. Uh, just, just talking to people behind the scenes. I like where we're at in Terry and Arnold's uh, recruitment. Um, also, another Bama ba- uh, battle is Tom Daily, the five-star strong side defensive end out of Katy, yeah. Texas. I think that's down to us, us in Bama as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to go all the way to signing day. I was hoping we could get him to pop before signing day, but that didn't happen. Also, we have uh, versus Bama again, Xavier Sorry. Four-star yep. offensive line, offense outside linebacker out of Bradenton IMG. Oh, these are good battles we in, man. Oh, yep. We got to win these battles. And the last one I have is uh, Bryce Langston, strong side defensive end out of Ocala Vanguard, and that's pretty much down to us in LSU. Right. Um, are, correct. Good battles to be in, good competition. These are the battles we need to be in, and these are the battles we need to be winning, man. I like us uh, where we stand and all of their commitment and all of their recruiting right now. Absolutely. Yeah, no, Florida sits right now number seven. Uh, you know, I don't think that everybody that's in Florida's class right now is going to complete the class for Florida. But I think if Florida is able to land even two or three of those four, maybe add in an additional body somewhere, you know, Florida should be poised to be in the the three to six range. Um, obviously, if you land all of those guys, you know, Florida sits in a really good position. They would really have to go on a run to be able to, to jump much higher than that. Uh, but if I were to guess, I think that Florida finishes around five or six uh, to end the season. But right now they do sit number seven just behind uh, just behind Tennessee. Uh, and that's just simply by the fact that Tennessee uh, does have a few more uh, commitments in Florida and then Oregon's right in front of them. And then they're just ahead uh, of Miami. Uh, and then Michigan and USC round up the top 10. Um, Just to give the fans an update here, uh, Florida does have 10 people listed uh, in rivals updated 250. Uh, Corey Collier, Sap, or pardon me, Collier's number 20. Sap comes in at number 22. Jason Marshall at number 66. Uh, Carlos Del Rio at 139. Uh, Reynolds at 150. Rucker at 152. Young, 167. Montgomery at uh, one or 208, pardon me, uh, Burke at 238 and Wilcox at 243. So again, you want to make sure that you have, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 guys and that rivals 250. Those are where, you know, you, you go from your good to great classes to your elite classes. So you want to continue to make sure that you have, you know, you know, those guys are at the, t- the top of, you know, those are the battles that you want to win. And, and, you know, you're battling against teams like Alabama and Georgia and LSU for the, for the players that you want. So, right. Perfect. And let's see after that. All right. So anything else on recruiting? I mean, I think that you make a great point. Uh, those are the four that you really want. I think that that rounds out the class for the there's most some, part. There's some offensive tackles that I want too, but those yep. are the, I would say the the, the, the the four or five, how many of our name, big fish that I got left. And I think we can haul in what, what we got on the board defensive wise, what we lead on right now. It's going to be probably the best defensive uh, uh, haul in the country. Oh, absolutely. Uh, which which I think is very, very, very important. Uh, Florida will be missing probably in the running back room. Uh, I would love to see them get another playmaker there or just a body there. Uh, we've talked right. about what kind of attrition could happen uh, if, you know, this season or after this season. So we'll see, you know, what happens. But I would love to get another uh, running back in there, not just a body, but a good body in there. And there's no reason why Florida, with what Dan Mullen's been able to do in the running back room, shouldn't be able to produce a, a good running back commit. 
Uh, but when you're talking about defensive classes, I mean, that would solidify defensive end, defensive tackle, linebacker, cornerback, and safety. I mean, that would just be a, a hell of a class for Todd, Todd Grantham. Yeah, I need a, I need a, um, a, a offensive tackle, something elite. Yep. Give me, just give me one every class. I know you want to do your developmental thing, um, heavy. See, I ain't questioning, you know what I'm saying, your gangster, what you got going on. But I need one big time uh, land at offensive line a cycle. Brian was that guy last cycle. I'll take one this cycle. And I also uh, want another wide receiver. If we, get, if we beat these guys out, uh, if we beat them out for these guys, let's try for Christian Leary. You know what I'm saying? Try to flip something like yeah. that back over, man. So I'm, I'm hopeful, man, that we can still get some, some shit on the offensive side of the ball to match the recruiting we got on the defensive side. Yeah, and I love what we've seen over the last few months. We've seen Florida put a lot of pressure on players to commit, and, and Florida's been able to to get some big wig commitments from guys like Collier and Marshall and Marcus Burke and a few of these other guys that you know right. may have waited a little bit longer, put a little bit of pressure on them, and you know get them to commit. You know, Florida was able to create some some great momentum. You know, really in the lull of you know, the off season, especially when football didn't seem like it was happening. It seemed like every week or every other week you heard somebody's going to commit to Florida. Somebody's going to come to Florida. And so what do you do when football wasn't going to potentially be played? Talked about, talked about, talked about. So Florida really did a good job towards the end of the recruiting cycle before, you know, August and, and certainly in late July, making sure that they're, you know, pumping their own tires up a little bit. Now they just got to make sure that they close out, right? Um, Den Mullen's not a huge, you know, recruiter during the season. Obviously they do what they have to do to maintain relationships and everything else, you know, but he does a lot of what Dan Mullen does, you know, build up big classes, you know, the year before and certainly in the off season, go into the season, really focused on the season and then try to focus on landing your four or five, six guys compared to what we've seen, you know, with some other coaches in the past that maybe only go in with 10, 11 commits. And then really you have to hope and pray that you, you land that class, uh, you know, at signing day. So really like the, the position that Florida's in right now. Likewise. All right. Perfect. So with all that being said, uh, scrimmage notes, this is part of the show that I know a lot of folks are excited about. Uh, so uh, why don't you go over a little bit about what you've heard? I'll say a little bit about what I've heard. And then I guess we'll, we can talk about the overall theme of what we both haven't heard. Uh, I got to be <laughs> careful with what I heard. Because, sure. Um, Dan Mullen ain't, ain't with the bullshit right now. Well, um, I, 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 for what the, from what everything I gathered talking to the people I know, man, it was a young a young movement. Um, the, right. the scrimmage was really for the, I think the the younger guys. So um, I heard a lot of good things about Wingo Wingo and Hopper. Um, both of those guys were standing out. Gervon Dex Dexter and Prince Yuma Neeling, or however you say his last name. I'm gonna struggle with that one. I'm about to find a nickname for that guy. Uh, both of those guys are two guys in the trenches that I, I heard was gonna be hard to keep those guys off the field. Um, Prince is, is going to play a strong side defensive end. Grovan is more of a uh, de- defensive tackle. But, I mean, both of those guys look real good in camp. Um, a few guys sat out. I mean, like I said, it was a youth movement. But at the, in the secondary, Trey Dean and, and, and Sean Davis started at safety, what I was told. I've seen different secondaries, right, um, depending on which message board and who you're talking to. But right. this is what I got. Um, Trey Dean and, and Sean Davis were at the safety spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernie was at the star. Uh, Kyrie was on the boundary. Jaden Hill started the other uh, other corner, and Chester Kimbrough was rotating pretty much like with him regularly. Um, of course, like I said, some guys said also Marco didn't didn't rep. That's why right. you get that secondary. So I thought that was interesting. What do you think about that secondary? 
I like that secondary. You know, I'd be curious to see how Trey Dean does in that position. You know, Florida has been really needing some consistency at the safety position, and I think they started to get it uh, through the course of the end of last season. Uh, you know, but I'm curious to see how, you know, Trey Dean fits in with that. Uh, obviously, you know, I think that Trey Dean is a, is a, adds a bit more talent than Florida had at that safety position last year. Uh, Sean Davis is, is a wild card. You know, Sean Davis can boom and bust. Uh, same with Brad Stewart. Brad Stewart can boom and bust as well. I think Donovan Steider is probably your most consistent of the, the four uh, in terms of what you know you're going to get out of him. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's the best. It doesn't mean that he's the worst. It just means that he's the most consistent. So um, I would expect a lot of rotation o- over those four. And when we had Ron English on the show, he talked about it. And he talked about Todd Grantham liking it too. There is going to be a lot of rotation at the position. So I feel confident with those four. Uh, I'm also very confident with Florida defensive back. I mean, you know, this is something that Florida continues to reload at. I, I think that Marco Wilson with another year of continuously getting healthy, you know, I think, you know, really you saw his progress and progression through the end of uh, last season. I think that he's more confident. I think that he's going to be a leader that steps up this year. I'm really excited about Jaden Hill and Chester Kimbrough. Uh, and then obviously Kyrie Elam. I think that he's going to be an animal out there. Uh, you add in some of the players at the star position. Uh, I, I really love Florida's back you know, five or, or back six, you know, depending on, on how they're playing back there. Uh, moving up from there, I think that this might honestly be the Gators' best linebacking crew that they've had in a while, top to bottom. And I mean that probably more in athleticism than everything. anything. I think that they are guys that can you know stop the run, but I also think that you have a number of guys like a Hopper and like a Wingo and some of these other guys that can run with your very athletic tight ends and kind of these hybrid wide receiver tight ends uh, that are you know kind of popping up all over college football. So I'm excited about that. You know, really the, the back side of the, uh, the defensive uh, side of the ball. Well, man, you already know I'm excited about the backside. Um, mm-hmm. Boss. Um, but, you know, these guys coming in, um, you know, they got a lot of playing time last year, especially those young guys. Um, so I'm excited to see what they can do, uh, you know, after a whole year um, and some camp. You know, I know these guys uh, um, are going to be, you know, progress with Torian Gray and Coach English back there. So um, I'm excited. Um, you know, the biggest question is that star position still. I mean, I know we say we got Bernie there, but you know, we heard that last year too, you know, before the season started. So, I'm not saying he's he's a bad person right there at, the, at that position, but I just want want to see you know somebody get there and be consistent at it. You know, I think um, you know putting guys in there, taking them out, putting them in there, kind of mess with their um, you know their heads a little bit and, and their confidence. So I would like to see somebody get in there and, and you know learn a position. And, and you know, the, the more you learn a position, the faster you can play. You know, and and, and we get somebody in there that can that can play fast and play aggressive, um, and 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 build up a lot of confidence in there and and, and get a lot of reps in there. I think we'll be straight. What I like yeah, about the backfield is is leadership, but go, is seniority and leadership. Go ahead, Corey. Yeah. Um, so I heard I've seen some lineups, and I heard there was some talk of Brad Stewart at the star position. Um, okay. I thought it was, was a little weird. Right? No, nah, I don't. I don't remember him no. ever repping at the star position last year. It was like all oh, safety, from what I remember. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. I think they're trying to just like the Ethan White thing at center, and a lot of other people at center. I think they're cross uh, repping guys at a lot of spots right now, just because right. of the COVID and whatever right, can happen. Right. Um, right. They want that flexibility, but I heard some talks of him. Uh, like I seen seen some message boards saying he was starting at the star position. That's not what I heard, um, mm-hmm. but I thought that was interesting as well. Maybe he played some star. Or maybe he started. Who knows? But I thought him at the star position was 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 interesting. I also thought it was interesting that he wasn't a starter out there with that five, right? Being that he was at practice. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know uh, what you're going to do back there. And I think that you're going to see a lot of rotation. I think that you have a lot of athleticism back there. And I think that you have a lot of guys that you want on the field, right? I mean, just naming those, I mean, Todd Grantham's, you know, in his press conference right now, and he said that, you know, Florida won 21 games with Trey Dean playing cornerback, right? So I think that you're going to see safety, or pardon me, uh, Trey Dean at safety and at corner this year. Uh, but when you think about it, you know, there's a number of guys that you probably always want on the field. You probably always want Marco Wilson on the field. You probably we always want Kyer Elam on the field. You know, any of those four corner, or, uh, pardon me, safeties that we named earlier, they are probably all in their own right deserving of being on the field. You add in a guy like Amari Bernie, you add in a guy like Jaden Hill or Chester Kimbrough, who Chester Kimbrough definitely showed flashes of who he could be next year, right? So if you have five positions, you know, I definitely see you know, not only a lot of rotation, which, you know, Ahmad, I, I, I do agree with your point that you're going to run into some, you know, potentially some, you know, frustration or, or people may be a little bit out of rhythm, but, you know, on the same token, you know, Florida is very, very deep of players that probably deserve to play and get a lot of playing time this year. Yeah. I mean, Hey, we got, we got to put our best 11 on the field. So whatever, you know, whatever that combination is, I think, you know, once we find it out, man, we just got to stick to it. I think Rashad Torres is going to be a young guy that, that, mm -hmm. that stepped up at that safety position and, and grab him something by the end of the season, if if not before then. I'm hearing that he's flying all over the field, making a lot of tackles. Uh, he, he picked Emory off. Uh, he's doing some things on, on the back end that, that that's pretty impressive from what I'm hearing in, in camp. Right, and, and and that didn't even include any of the freshmen, right, or, or anybody else. I mean, just naming the people that have been there for for quite some time. You know, Florida's loaded in the backfield. We need a guy. Right. Just we need a guy because somebody start hooping back there. Then somebody just start balling. It yeah. ain't gonna be no rotation. It's just what? everybody's mid right now. That's, back that's, there. What, that's what I'm that's saying. Bro. That's what. So that's why we get getting rotation. Just start hooping. Then he's going to get the job. It ain't going to be well, no of course, of course. I mean, and that's ideally what you want, right? I mean, you know, but I would rather have four good to very good safeties than one outstanding yeah, safety and three right average yeah. safeties. I don't know yeah. if that, we got average safeties. Right Until yeah. proven yeah. otherwise, our safeties are average. Okay. Yeah. And, and, I mean, def definitely right. I mean, obviously, you know, we'll see what, what's, what's happening. Yeah. yeah. I think the talent is there. But the inconsistent play is the inconsistent play. You know what I'm saying? The film is the film. Sure. Right now, I say I say the play is average on film, in my opinion. Yeah, no, and, and I mean you you have every right to to think that and uh, believe that, and I, I I don't know, right? Obviously, we weren't there, we don't know. Um, I'm I'm just excited about what Florida has back there. <laughs> oh, you talking about? I was talking about last year. Oh yeah. I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm talking about what what I'm hopeful is some big improvement from uh, just from, from growth, maturity, watching film. I mean, one of the things, this is what I'm probably most excited about is that I think a lot of the guys that needed help, it wasn't a physical thing, right? A lot of it was a mental thing. And I think a lot of that is mental reps. And I think a lot of that is watching film, breaking down film, knowing exactly what you should do. And I think that Florida has such a great strength and conditioning program. They obviously have a guys that are a lot of, you know, very talented players that now if you could spend that extra time that they did this off season, really breaking down and watching film, I see that that's where you get from being you know, good to great, right? And so I'm expecting right. some big leaps kind of across the board. And, I mean, I can expect that, you know, at other programs too. But where Florida is from a talent perspective, we know that they're not deficient in talent. We just thought, man, that was a, a boneheaded, you know, mistake. That was a, a weird angle that you took or, you know, you just get the play broke down or your assignment was wrong. I think with watching additional film and everything else that they were able to do, that Florida is just going to naturally get better in that. And that's what I'm hopeful for. Maybe I'm an eternal optimist.
No, I'm optimistic that 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 Kyle Trask has more, according to Dan in these presses, that, that he has more control and he knows the playbook better. He's had a full offseason, him being the guy, and he kind of know he could take more command of the offense, man. I think that'll get us out of a lot of bad calls and bad situations or bad reads that, that he's more into the playbook. Yeah, you got to understand. You, you got to understand too, Dan. Like I said earlier, man. Once you, once you, once you learn the, the playbook and the plays, you play mm-hmm. way, way, way faster. And mm-hmm. one of the things that a lot of people don't understand, um, and, and that that I kind of used and, and, and took, you know, um, and, and used it and and my repertoire was, I mean, I had to learn, you know, to to, to kind of see things before it happened because I wasn't the biggest, I wasn't the fastest. You see what I'm saying? So before right. these plays start, you got to yeah, understand right of what. You know, if, if somebody go in motion, what are we gonna flip to? If, if this right. guy, you know, gets up and moves, you you gotta understand, you gotta know. So yeah. you, you can't be out there playing cover two and you don't know where you weak at. Right. You can't oh, play cover three and you don't know where you weak at. It's no, it's no way, right? Because you gotta know where you weak at just in case the ball gets thrown there, or just in case. It's just that. It's like habits of the other team when they're in certain yeah. sets. Or what this quarterback so, so, like to so, do so, in certain so, drops and, and like the kind of signal off what he's about to throw, or what the receiver's yeah. about to run. It's a lot of shit, but the film study and learning how to watch film is very important too. Oh, no, if you just watch film, if you just watch film to, for for twenty minutes a day in a seven week period, that's one hundred and forty. It's one hundred and forty minutes, bro. Mm-hmm. And, and you times that by four, that's five sixty, right? Mm-hmm. That's like almost uh, nine, ten hours, bro. An extra yeah. film study, you just got just going doing t- what twenty twenty minutes a day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. What? On, makes bro. it makes a huge makes a huge change, right? And you know what I like about Florida compared to maybe some of these other programs is that you know Florida is obviously replacing a lot of talent, right? They had a lot of talent graduating and everything else, but they also had a lot of talent that played, right? They have a lot of people that are growing and maturing in their career, you know, so they were really able to get a lot of on-field time last year. So this year, when you don't really have much of a spring and Florida didn't have any, you obviously don't have a summer. And then this has kind of been abbreviated late summer, fall, you know, that Florida from that, that perspective isn't missing just in the game speed and the game time and everything else. I mean, every team's going to be at a little bit of a deficiency there, but what they have is that they were now able to say, hey, you know, sit down with a, a trade dean or, you know, that's probably a bad example because he's changing positions, but, uh, you know, a Donovan Steiner or, um, you know, a Brad Stewart sit down and say, hey, Brad, let's break down literally because we have the time every single play from last season with you, right? Let's look at what you did well. Let's look at what you didn't do well, and let's figure out how we can improve, right? That's where I think that Florida gets better. I mean, this is just across the board, right? I think that you're going to see huge improvements. We'll get to the offensive side of the ball here in a second, but that's where I think, you know, Kyle Trask goes from being, you know, this, you know, good, you know, quarterback that's very reliable, um, you know, to, now maybe he's able to make those reads and those progressions that a lot of us wanted last year, right? Or maybe Damian Pierce is able to make that additional cut, right? Or maybe you know Trayvon Grimes is able to see something a little bit differently this year than he was last year, just because I think that Florida, we've talked about before, don't necessarily have the greatest recruiting staff, but man, they have got a, a fantastic coaching staff. Uh, so I think that that's a true benefit for Florida. And I think that you're going to see that. And I think that that's why you're seeing a lot of the practice reports. You're seeing big plays, but you're seeing, you're hearing a lot of good things um, on both sides of the ball, which is what you want. You don't want just offense or just defense to dominate. Left you guys speechless, huh? Bro, you know, the hell you talking about no more, damn, be honest with you. <laughs> uh, let's, see, let's see what else. Um, so what on the offensive side of the ball do you have? Uh, not a whole lot, man. I heard uh, my man Damian Pierce scored a touchdown. Just vague stuff, man. I want to get more, more information on the run game. I heard Malik Davis has looked good. 
uh, linger is is looking beastly. I didn't hey, say beastly. I'm here. I'm here hey, that looks what, solid. That's what I'm gonna say. Hey, so what, what, what's this about Naquan Wright out here about? I heard Naquan Wright's getting busy out there. I heard he's That's probably. I, I, I'm trying to see. Yeah, you know, I, it was I, the youth know. movement. So if he did his thing yeah. in, the, in the youth movement, I like it. You know what I'm saying? We need that. Uh, somebody name got to be said. And if, if his name's one on offense, then let's go. Uh, baby, baby Hendo, baby Hendo, and Frazier's both of that deal. And Weston, I'm hearing great. And Weston, yeah, I'm just talking about the freshman that you know. What I'm saying, yeah, you know, you know, I'm gonna lie about muck people regardless. <laughs> You know, we telling too many lies now. You have boys all, all in our in our mention. Oh, I already got him a brick and everything. Am I? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, on the offensive side of the ball, kind of the same. I mean, uh, we've heard great things about Anthony Richardson. I we we talked about it on the show last week. He's just really dominating. Uh, Kyle Trask is improving. I think Dan Mullen said that he's going through graduate level work right now. Uh, so that's exciting to hear. Uh, and then obviously Emory Jones, uh, you know, had a had a good practice uh, as well. I'm I heard curious. he broke off a long run. That's the only thing I heard. I didn't hear it. Yeah. I heard he broke off like a 65, 70 yarder, but it was also uh, no no contact on the quarterback. So I don't know what to take take it with it with that information. But yeah, you know. Um, I- Speaking of that, I know Brenton uh, Cox was able to get to the quarterback a few times. Obviously, quarterbacks weren't live. Maybe that's not obvious. Quarterbacks weren't live. Uh, so, you know, you, you don't totally know if those were going to be sacks, but I heard great things about him. I'm curious to see, I think, the one two positions that I'm most, you know, curious about are your tight end position beyond Kyle Pitts uh, and then how they're the not, offensive they're line not feeling it. Right. They're not, they're not feeling it. The t- we're in a tight end market right now for a transfer. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Yeah, Florida is uh, is relying on on players to step up and improve at that position, and I don't think that they're getting what they need. Dante Lang, former tight end uh, that wasn't getting much playing time, did move to defensive uh, to the defensive line. But I know that behind Kyle Pitts, you know, Florida has a lot of question marks at that tight end position. So that's definitely something that they're going to rely on. You know, your freshman, and you know, definitely, uh, you know, some of the the younger guys. Your um, uh, not Summerall. What was he? What was the guy from Lakeland's name? Alon. Zipper. Zipper. Keon Zipper. Keon Zipper. To step up. So we'll see. And then I know Stuart Reese has been a uh, um, a monster. Uh, I need more of offensive line, man. I don't like the general stuff. Heavy C lied to us last year about this offensive line. <laughs> man, I'm just. We want to talk about this. We, I talked to Dan behind the scenes. Um, bro, I don't like. And you know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm a fan. At the end of the day, uh, we do this media thing, but I don't like the the, the none access. And I understand it's COVID; it's only so much. But there's there's a concentrated effort of squeezing out like all information, man. I don't like the vibes of that. I think you got to use the media a little bit. There's a little give and a little take, man. I I, I don't think I think the fans need a little buzz. I think you got to play the media to, to hype the fans a little bit. It's a little art to this, man. I don't know. I just don't like it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just a fan. I want to know shit. I don't know. It's a little weird, man. It's a little little weird time. So, you know, it, obviously it's nothing like we've seen before. So, man, I don't know if that has anything to do with it or or, or we got something we cooking up. But cook that shit up, Quay. Let's go. I don't, I don't know. I don't have an opinion. You know, Silk and I talked a little bit about this, how I wish, you know, sometimes I use the media or, or some of the folks to, to hype up some players or – 
you know, mention, hey, these are guys that, you know, we want we want to see more for. Use the media for your disposal. But this is also the first time, and I know a lot of coaches are very anal about this kind of stuff, where they want to be able to control the message, right? They, you know, this is the first time that they've not had to have media at practice, that they've not had to have, a, you know, all of these open, you know, sessions where, you know, everybody's kind of commenting on, on every single play. And I forgot who it was. Uh, that talked about it. I don't remember if it was a Gator player, NFL player, whoever it was, but they're talking about breaking down film. And they were saying, you know, that a lot of times that the media will, will say, Oh, that was a great play. When it's a completely broken play that just happened to work out. Right. Or it was a broken play. Uh, maybe the pass wasn't completed because somebody was, was wrong. Right. So this might be an opportunity for, for them to, to cut out some of that noise that they're traditionally used to hearing, or, you know, there's a lot of pumping of the tires of players that, um, you know, maybe are, you know, seeing and doing good things in, in one or two areas, but they really want to see them improve in some other areas uh, and use that opportunity to coach them. So I, I, I wish there's more and we're going to continue to try to get more uh, for you guys, but no, man, keep- nobody else is having these issues, man. I talked to other people, bro. Nobody's oh. having these issues, man. It's, it's lockdown, lockdown. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying from a, a fan perspective and I like to speak and you know what I'm saying? Like what the fans are talking, what the streets are saying and, and everybody ain't feeling it, man. It's, it's, it's secretive, secretive, and I'm cool with it. But as a, from the fan and hyping up the seasons and getting the information and kind of knowing what's going on, it's absolutely nothing. You know, like we really don't know shit. Yeah, I don't we know. Just take, we just take whatever uh, information we can get and we <clears throat> relay it to the fans. But, man, it's tight lip. Yeah. What we got next? I guess before we get to the interview, let's talk a little bit about Todd Grantham's uh press conference that he had uh, today. Uh, Todd Grantham met with the media at around 720 uh, today on Monday night. Uh, He said so far a bunch of different things. So let's go through uh, what some of those are, kind of digestible thoughts. I'll kind of read them, see if you guys have any thoughts. If not, we'll just move on. So number one, he said at the very beginning of his press conference that he's very pleased uh, with the play of Brenton Cox, Mahmoud uh, Diabate, and Jeremiah Moon in terms of pass rush. Uh, lumped all three guys into his answer when talked about uh, those guys getting pass rush. I like those three. Uh, I think that Florida is going to be able to be creative in the way that they use them, but I'm excited about those three. I've heard great, great things about Brenton Cox. Um, on linebackers, so anytime you lose a guy like David Reese, He's the quarterback of the defense. And maybe we can talk about that here in a second, guys. Who do you think might be the quarterback of the defense this year? Uh, he's been very impressed with Ventro Miller. He lost a bit of weight, uh, and you can see it in the way that he's playing. I did hear some things about Ventro Miller, that he's playing a lot faster and a little bit more physical than he's previously played, uh, but also showing leadership in the room. Who do you guys think might be the quarterback? Obviously, your middle linebacker is normally the quarterback of the uh, the defense, but do you guys think anybody else is going to be kind of that vocal leader of the uh, the defense? I'm kind of thinking Ventro Miller. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the guys that have been kind of proven for us a little bit and been out there, uh, you know, and played a lot for us. And, uh, you know, he's been on the special teams, played on defense a lot, and, you know, he's, he, he's about, about to test it. So uh, I'm thinking, you know, more than lines of Ventura Miller at, at the moment. Okay. So can anybody else on your thoughts? Yeah, it will have to be. I mean, it's got to be one of the linebackers. So if, if sure. I got to say one of them, I would say Ventrell. But Diabate's a smart guy as well. Right. Um. I think he has some of those qualities to kind of lead. If it, if it got to be a guy, I see. I would love for my safeties to step up and be that guy. You right. know, maybe Sean Davis could. You know, what I'm saying yep. take a more leadership role. That he's an older guy now. He could grow up and, and kind of do some things on the field and and be more vocal. So uh, hopefully, one of the safeties. I want to see one of those safeties. Like I said, anchor themselves down in that job, man. And, and you know, what I'm saying not do all this rotating stuff. 
That's actually what I was thinking too. Obviously, Ventro Miller as your middle linebacker is going to be the guy that, that is the quarterback of the defense. But I'm also was expecting maybe a guy uh, like a um, um, like one of your safeties to step up and potentially uh, do some play calling because obviously they're they're looking out for the field and looking out for the play as well. So I'll uh, be curious to see there. Uh, let's see. Todd Grantham singled out Gurlon Dexter, that he has a lot of talent that they're trying to develop him. Uh, also singled out Princely Uman Milan is how I'm going to say it. Uh, I that told he, you. That he has flashes and is very talented, looking for some consistency there. i uh, trying to tell you, Dan. I know, and I and I doubted you, but here we are. Yeah, see? Um, no exact fit necessarily on uh, Gervon Dexter yet. Nothing is etched in stone. They're still trying to figure out uh, where he has mentioned consistency uh, a number of times. Uh, he also thinks that the consistency with the staff allowed them to be on uh, the same page uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. So I agree. I agree with that. Uh, he singled out uh, Donovan Steiner as a guy that's improved a lot. Um, nice. Speaking of safeties, speaking of safeties, he, yeah. he's always the guy that get lost in sauce. But I say he's probably one of the ones we could rely on being healthy, not yeah. suspended. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, if if guys, this is, you only need one year to make a lot of money at the safety position. We've seen it happen with Chauncey. We've seen it happen with Marcus May. We've seen it happen with others in the past at UF. Uh, so hopefully, he can step up to and make some plays and make himself some money, bro. We Absolutely. keep forgetting about Donovan Steiner in this mix, but yeah, he's definitely in it. Yep. Uh, Grantham says he's looking for the lights to go on for the young safeties, but likes their athleticism and talent. Said they'll move Trey Dean about uh, around this year. Let's see. Uh, had some thoughts on seeding, uh, but nothing's really there. He then said that he also doesn't know how to pronounce Prince Lee's last name. Uh, he said Grantham's biggest thing that he likes about Cox, aside from his talent, is his desire to be a good player. He's very coachable, has a high GPA, and has never been a problem, even during a difficult 2019 season waiting on a waiver. Uh, Hopper plays what? hard and has learned or learned a lot, loves football, can cover. Go ahead, Silk. No, I was just about to say what, um, what Grantham likes about Cox sounded crazy for a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had, I had to keep going. I had to keep going. Yeah, you got to keep going. Uh, you, you slow down any second. You didn't allow for me to get a pause in there, so yeah, very good. Yeah, you're welcome. It's it's a lot a lot of practice. Been around you boys for a while. Uh, David <laughs> Reese is coming along. He's a guy uh, that doesn't really have a true position right now, uh, so he's definitely a guy that you want to see uh, potentially try to make it on the field. But again, I don't know where he plays. Uh, Grantham on Marco Wilson, probably the most versatile player I've had. He says that creates value for our team for himself. He's an excellent star. Uh, so that, so that, so that, real quick. You yeah, talk fast as hell. That's all you get yeah. worried. Amad, what do you think about Marco at the start? So he, he played it a little bit before. Am I correct? Um, you know, we got I've been hearing. I've been hearing he's getting some reps out there now with it. Yeah, yeah they're, they're cross. So, they're cross repping shit. But what do you think about him starting there? Possibly? Yeah, so so I mean, he's definitely a guy that we could put in there to, to cover. Um, he's he's a guy that I know that can can possibly stop the seven route that we get beat on every freaking week. Um, this is a copycat league, but. Um, as long as he get in there, man, we need somebody that, that that's, that's not scared to set the edge and come in and, again, be physical. I mean, Chauncey brought a physical uh, specimen to that to that position that, that kind of, like, set the, set the bar for it, man. And, um, you know, the, the people we had in there, you know, kind of cheat, you know, when it, when it's time to stay outside, they cheat themselves inside and, and beat us, get us beat, you know, or, around the edges and whatnot and, and give up to the seven route. So we get somebody in there that, that's physical, man, that can 
that can um you know stick on that that number two receiver and, and play the run um heavy on the outside man we'd we'll be good i think marco could do it yeah i agree i think he played well there last year uh let's see He's an excellent star when you talk about being instinctive and uh, having physicality. I've been fortunate to have a lot of really good players at corner, and he's probably the most versatile I've had. Todd Grantham, high praise for the defense. I uh, didn't really count out or really say anybody uh, whose name that necessarily needed some big improvements. So I think it goes along with the theme that I think Florida is really trying to elevate from, you know, kind of those senior level classes to your graduate level classes on uh, on defense. Hmm. Yeah, I'm with it, man. All right. Well, let's get uh, let's get to our interview, and we'll be uh, back in a second. And this interview of AJ Jones is sponsored by our friends over at Lee Friedland of the law firm of Friedland and Associates. Lee Friedland is truly about the people, so he's going to handle your auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida. Uh, give Lee a call at 1-800-95-INJURED and visit his website at yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, that's 1-800-95-INJURED and yourfighthourbattle.com. Give Lee Friedland from Lee Friedland and Associates a call. All right, boys, let's get AJ on the line. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And join us for the first time on Stadium and Gales, an 813 legend. Hailing from beautiful Hillsborough County, Florida, Tampa, Florida. Uh, AJ Jones, former linebacker. AJ, how are you doing this evening? Doing good. How about yourself? Good, man. Good. Um, man, it's good to have you on the show. You were there uh, when I was there, same age, all that kind of stuff. So I got to watch you grow and, and progress in your career. Uh, really a, an under um, – undermentioned Gator on one of those teams that, you know, won the national championship uh, and, and really, you know, did well. So, AJ, touch us a little bit. Obviously, you grew up in uh, in Tampa, but touch us about how you ended up at uh, UF. Well, uh, first of all, I got family up there in Gainesville, so it wasn't, wasn't very hard to get me that way. But but the coaches, man, the coaches, uh, Herb, Herb did a good job. Uh, Charlie Strong and Stan Drayton were my uh, main people recruiting me. And they just came and it was real. And I just made the choice and made the decision to head up the Gainesville. I love it, man. So you joined obviously a a class with Percy Harvin and Tim Tebow and Brandon Spikes and mm-hmm. kind of the rest of the gang. What what was being a part of that recruiting class like? I mean, what kind of, you know, familial um you know, bond were you guys able to create? I mean, were you guys tight? I mean, what was it like when you guys were all, you know, part of that recruiting class before you uh, you came on campus? Well, the funny part is I was still undecided. And uh, we played, I don't know if you remember, the Florida-California game for high school. And it was me, Tebow, you know, CJ Spiller, a bunch of us out there in California uh, getting ready for the game. And I guess Tebow had already committed uh, maybe a week or two previously. And so – he was trying to just get everybody on board. So the whole week was in my ear. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. You can be a Gator. We're going to make this thing happen. We're going to win and everything. So he was very convincing. And then, you know, they were very persistent in their approach on trying to get me to Gainesville. So just the camaraderie and everything, I landed up in Gainesville. 
so obviously recruited by a bunch of big schools, USC, Florida, Ohio State. Uh, obviously, you were a, a one of the top 15 uh, linebackers in the country uh, at the time. Was there anything that you were particularly looking for in a school uh, when you were looking to be committed? Obviously, I know that you mentioned you know family and fit and culture and everything else. But was there kind of a checklist that you went through in your mind, or was it more of a, a feel and fit thing than anything? Well, I just really looked at the style of play. Uh, I watched Urban style from when he was in Utah previously, and I knew that I probably have a good opportunity if I went to Florida. They had um, some rising stars, you know, Earl Everett, Brandon Siler, uh Brian Crum that were about to leave soon. So I knew I possibly can get in there and try to compete for a job. So that weighed a lot on my decision. That's awesome, man. So uh, you come to Gainesville. What's the biggest thing that you noticed when you got uh, on a campus from uh, from high school to college? And just the atmosphere, man. It was it's truly a football town, man. They they love the Gators, man. I mean, I saw it a little bit in Tampa, but just around Gainesville, man. Wherever you go, everybody go Gators. Like it's just it's just so much love and the atmosphere is incredible. AJ, talk about um, uh, practice a little bit. You know, coming from uh, uh, where you went, uh, Middleton. Yeah, what high school? Yeah, coming from Middleton High School, man, and uh, you know, coming up to UF. Um, talk about you know the differences, you know, between the practices. I know it's a little bit more intense in uh, close my practices and whatnot. So uh, talk talk about the difference in, in between those. The biggest thing with practice that I can say is just the structure. Uh, the structure that Urban laid out was was great, man. You know. He had a team periods. He had, you know, he focused a lot on special teams, that which is a big part of the game. And just the way the way we ran things, the periods, we were very punctual. Uh, and if something was wrong, you know, we we pretty much you know stayed out there till we pretty much got it right. So uh, just the structure, the structure, the biggest thing that stands out to me. AJ, I know. Uh... Last week we talked about it with uh with Matt Brown a little bit, and I don't know if they thought I was lying or what. But can you please explain to them about Monday Night Football, bro? You remember Monday Night Football when they made the, the guys who didn't play much come bring their shoulder pads out there? Yeah, man, that was <laughs> that was the worst. Everybody, everybody. Hey, still, can you sound too enthused about that, huh? Everybody the boy, definitely participated in Monday Night Football. Yeah, man, I had to participate in it early, man, because you know you had to kind of prove yourself. So that was the that was the proven moment that you everybody else went inside. You know, you wanted to get your feet wet so you could go inside. So, but you had to prove yourself first to go out there for Monday Night Football, and you had to bring it. Everybody was trying to bring the A game, so they could leave practice early too, <laughs> and going <laughs> and going to locker room. So, uh, but it was real. It was it was contact, man. You know. Everybody grinding, sweating, trying to get the best out of it. So next week, they ain't got to play Monday Night Football. <laughs> there you go, because it, it was definitely brutal. Talk about a little bit. Uh, I know Major came on um, and talked about his uh, his, his black stripe. Uh, do you remember how you were able to get yours off, man, when you were out there at the Gators? I believe my black stripe came against uh, Billy Lasco, man. Billy was a hard nose. He'll come down and hit you blow you up in the hole, you know, he was known for his toughness. And I believe uh, Deshaun Wynn was running a sweep and Billy Lasko and I came up and I hit Billy Lasko and pretty much said that Billy Lasko 
I don't know if I knocked him down. I don't remember if I knocked him down or not. It made a, a like a five yard, six yard loss. And it was a big play like in the scrimmage or whatnot. So uh, I, I believe that's how I got my stripe off. All right. So so now your stripe off, now it's time to go in the swamp. Explain yeah. how, you know, the first time it was uh, being able to run out, out the tunnel for the first time for the Gators. So unfortunately, you know, the first year, uh, I was blessed enough to kind of be in a couple packages, but I ended up breaking my foot my first year. So it kind of uh, halted me until the next year, you know, when y'all came in. And uh, so I'm, I'm I'm basically in your boat, man. Like the same, <laughs> we took the field pretty much at the same right. time, man. You know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a red shirt freshman taking the field. And just, I remember, I ain't gonna never forget this, bro. We ran rock, uh, you know, that's a, <laughs> play and yeah. the tight end switched and went to the other side i'm so overwhelmed by the crowd and the noise i done followed the tight end to the uh weak side you tripping <laughs> <laughs> hey but that's just that's just how overwhelming the swamp can do for you for uh for a new person i can i can only imagine how opposing teams come in there and try to you know focus on what to do or whatnot so uh but the swamp was a heck of a place to play in man with the with the crowd and just the jitters, and you know, we we all pumped up. What was your, what was your favorite thing about playing for Urban Meyer? Man, just the way Urban was a master at his craft. Man, you know, he took the time out to know his players. He took the time out. Honestly, you could tell he was a a great. He studied the game, man, and he just man, he was smart. I'm telling you, man, he knew. He was thinking like 10 steps ahead of you, man. Like you couldn't come to him with nothing that was old, uh, nothing that was new, man, because he knew the game, bro. He was, I'm telling you, he's probably one of the smartest people I ever met, honestly. What'd you like the least about it? I don't I think I don't think it's all roses. So what'd you like the um, least about playing for him? I mean, honestly, like I I never really had too many bad interactions with Urban, man. Like, uh, I mean, at times, you know, we we I, I didn't I didn't know better, but it, it worked out for the the greater good with us making uh, winning two championships or whatnot. But you know, at times I felt like, dang, we're going super hard in practice, man. Everybody's gonna be beat up this and that. But honestly, it worked out for the good. We had he had a good training staff, good you know, Coach Mick and and all them. They try to get our bodies back the best, but that's probably one thing that stood out. But honestly, I don't. Really have any bad experiences with her? What got you through the injuries, man? You had a lot of problems, a lot of things going on, and you just you, you hit the injury. But what got you through those times on on campus? Man, honestly, man, my first year was the toughest year, man. When I broke my foot, it was it was real tough, man. You know, uh, I was new to the campus. Uh, I broke my foot right before the first. I mean, uh, I think a week week or two before the first game, and so. I'm still, you know, trying to get my feet wet, learn, learn stuff on my own, and getting through it. I was at first, I, I isolated myself, man, and so, uh, and you know, I didn't come around that much because I was on crutches, so it was hard to get around. But uh, you know, when the the actually Coach Strong reached out to me, man, honestly, he was like, "Hey, what you doing, man? I ain't seen you around in a while, and hey, you need to get back involved." And uh, he like honestly just try to get better and get ready for next year. So honestly, when he came to me with that and I lifted me and 
that kind of started me on the path of trying to get through. I mean, I, I pretty much suffered an injury every year, man. And uh, But the fight, to know that I was playing on a good team and I wanted to try to make a life out of it, that got me back going, bro. How was your relationship with Charlie Strong outside of that situation? Man, my relationship with Charlie Strong was great, man. Uh, that's a great man. Uh, I actually, you know, kept in contact with him when he came down here to USF. Cause I'm a, I'm a firefighter, so I actually work the games and work with the, oh, work with teams or whatnot. So uh, I, I had a good relationship with him when he came down here, man. Uh, I used to go visit him, talk to him, and uh, wish him the best or whatnot. But he he helped me get through a lot, man. He helped me get through a lot. He was a great coach. I mean, he was a people's coach, man. I mean, I'm pretty sure Black can tell you the same thing. Man, so that man playing, man. That man, Coach Strong, slapped his man helmet so many times, dog. I don't, I don't know who helmet he slapped the most. Yours or Brandon Hicks? Bro, every day, bro. And then, look, so still, one time, who was you? You were uh, Hicks, who, who, who faked him out. Man, Strong almost threw a shoulder out of play. Silk. You know, swung so hard, man. The boys started getting smart and started ducking uh, Coach Strong yeah. swings, right? Yeah, but look, next time Coach Strong swung and he ducked, Coach Strong came back with another one. Boop, boop. Started getting smart on neighbor. <laughs> hey, but you, yeah, know, man. But, but you know them slaps was like, look, honestly, you ain't. It's you love, bro, because he, he, he wanted us all to do better. And, yeah. like, I'm, you know, what a, what a lot of people don't realize, too, man, is, is as much credit as we give Coach Meyer, because uh, he, he gets a lot of credit, especially for his recruiting, because he done done it at multiple places. Um, a lot of them guys, man, came to school to play for Coach Strong. So you know, yeah. I done heard you know guys like Percy say it, and you know, some, you know, sometimes you know, I, I think I, I heard Spike say it a time or two before, possibly. You know, because Coach Strong built so many great relationships. He he yeah. literally came to Lakeland and just got all of us. So yeah, it, I mean, it, it, Coach Strong was the one who recruited me. Yeah, the rest of the Lakeland guys. Uh, AJ, I want to talk to you about the the Georgia game from 2008. That was a game that Brandon Spikes, obviously, the you know in the the first drive, uh, tackles no Sean Moreno gets in his face. But what was the practice leading up to to that game? Like, obviously, you know, tough loss against Georgia in 2007. You know, they come out and, and come dancing on the field. Uh, 2008 comes around, obviously, blow them out of the water. But what was what was the week leading up to that like? And talk to us about the mindset of the defense during that game. Man, the energy, man. We the mindset was to kill no shine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, here for it. But they embarrassed us the previous year, man, with running on the field, doing all that crazy stuff or whatnot. We, man, we just wanted to prove a point, man. Set set the demeanor early, and Spikes did it, man. When he hit him, <laughs> hey, that just showed us it's gonna be like this all game, man. You ain't getting nothing today. What was the the hardest part about, you know, going into 2008, I think a lot of people, you know, Tim Tebow's coming off the highs, and a lot of expectations setting. You know, you go off, you start the season strong, and then you lose to Ole Miss. Um, Tebow has his speech, and uh, you guys have, you know, kind of a, a resurgence in the locker room. But what was it like emotionally, you know, from that loss to Ole Miss to, to how did you carry the emotion throughout the entire season without really missing a beat? I mean, it really seemed like every week the team just got, you know, more fluid and, and better. But how did you balance, you know, not getting too emotional and really focusing on the kind of task at hand? So you know we're doing good. We're we're very we jailed very well that year. Coming into the year, we knew we had a good team. We knew we had something good. And you know to have that hiccup versus Ole Miss, it was kind of like out of the blue. But you know with Tebow firing us up and but the defense honestly, 
it was we not we were very confident, not cocky, very confident that you know we kind of set the tone for a lot. Like, hey, at the end of the day, they don't score, they don't win. So we knew we had to had to come into every week knowing that hey, if they don't score, they don't win, and try to just dominate. Honestly, at points that we was on the sideline, even if we were down, we knew that we can make something happen that we was going to win this game going forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then what was that final year for you? Um, you know, that's when you, you know, Urban had a, um, you know, kind of his, um, uh, had his retirement, then he came back, you know, you had a, a new recruiting class that came onto campus that was very much hyped. Uh, you know, I know we, we've heard about some of the locker room divide and everything else, but what was that, that final season for you like? I mean, it, it was different for me, man. Honestly, like, you got to think about it. I came in, I played for, uh, I played on Urban, of course, but, you know, Strong left that year, too. So I had to get, I had got a whole new defense coordinator, whole new uh, linebackers coach. So uh, it was just different. We had some young guys that were very talented, too. So, it, but it was our duty, you know, to try to go out there and compete, but also, you know, try to teach them and help them along the way. So it was it was it was mixed emotions about stuff. Um, I know one of, one of my favorite games, AJ man, has always been the um, the Florida State game at the end of the season. Um, you know, I know we uh-huh. didn't finish how we how we uh, were supposed to going out of Florida State. Um, but talk about any other other rivalries that you enjoy playing on. Man, honestly, man, uh, you know, of course, I love the Georgia game. That was one of the, you know, it was always near Halloween, so. That was a big game. I liked the way, you know, they divided the stadium and just had the atmosphere coming into that, the world's largest cocktail party. But honestly, man, one of my favorite teams to play was LSU, man. <laughs> LSU going yeah. into – I don't know if you remember going into uh, going into 2007. I mean, it was – it was we lost that game. But I, I ain't going to never forget, bro, how loud that stadium – I, 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 I don't think – yeah, because it wasn't, it wasn't that loud in 2009 because we uh-huh. got just beat – we had yeah. to beat them by like thirty something in two thousand eight, yeah. so they weren't really. They kind of knew what what the deal was, you know what I'm saying? I think the yeah. biggest hype going into that game, am, am I right? Uh, right then was the uh, if Tebow was gonna play or not? Yeah, 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 and it was because he had got that concussion. So yep. I think that was that was the biggest issue at that time. Um, but yeah, definitely, man. But tell everybody where they can find you at nowadays, and tell us, you know, what what you got going on and uh, what you're doing oh, out yeah. there in Tampa. Yeah, man. Uh, so, like I said earlier, I'm a, I'm a firefighter paramedic now for the city of Tampa. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name or whatnot. Uh, and before we get out of here, man, let me get one more before we get out of here. Was it everything? Was it everything? So you came into the recruiting process and you committed uh-huh. to University of Florida for a reason, right? Was mm-hmm. it everything you thought it would be? Honestly, it was everything. It was it was probably one of the better the best decisions I've made in my life because. You know, I was blessed enough to have a lot of other places to go at the time. And the way everything just fell into place, worked out for me, man. I, I got two national championships out of it. Uh, I got a good, I got a degree from the University of Florida. So, honestly, man, I, I, I feel like I walked into a great situation. I got a, got a chance to start every year, you know, play right. and every, everything. Everything kind of fell in place, man, the way – I kind of I didn't didn't think it was gonna fall in place that easy, man. But honestly, like it fell into place. Like I say, I I thought about going there because I knew Siler and Arden were gonna be gone soon. Uh, but 
I didn't know it was going to be a chance for me to just, you know, start off the rip. And it worked out in my favor, man. That's what's up. What do you think about – I don't want to hold you too long, but what do you think about the landscape of college football right now? Like the way – it's a totally different world. These guys can make money off their likeness. Uh, we had a little few little protests, some holdouts here and there. Uh, what do you think about college football state right now? Man, it's a it's a whole different world, man. It's a whole different world. I can't even imagine playing right now because, I mean, I don't know if – with the likeness and stuff, you know, people can get kind of selfish. That's the biggest thing I think we held accountable that we played in a team aspect. You know, right. like if, if if like I'm on spices tell me all the time, bro. I eat, you eat, you eat, I eat. So uh, like, and it was and it was fun, man. We was out there playing for one another because we knew we was holding each other accountable. We knew like, hey, bro, if I messed up, I knew he had my back or whatnot. Or if I messed up, you know, it's it's something to pay because I'm letting the rest of my team down or whatnot. So, uh, but when you had a lightness, uh, all that kind of stuff, you you kind of focus on yourself more. You get what I'm saying? Right. All right, man. Enjoy this conversation, bro. No problem. No problem. I really appreciate yeah, it. Man, definitely. Man. Sound good, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope I run into you, not because of a fire or anything, but because I live here. <laughs> 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 hey, yeah, definitely. Look, Dad, got some shenanigans, man. Dad, man, set the building on fire or something, man. I don't do that. I don't do that. If I do, I know I got a plug at the fire department. Hey, look, I, hey, I hey, you. hey, you get caught in the fire at Tampa, man. Hit my man's up, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I got you. We get you an ad for AJ AJ Jones, you know, the firefighter yeah, protector. <laughs> get you an arson charge. That's what you about to oh, get. Yeah, that's <laughs> but remember, uh, always bro. protect your house with Brent Insurance and Financial Services. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, AJ, we appreciate it. Right, All right, fellas, it was real. Y'all take care. Yeah, appreciate take it. Care. All right. Might as well get that read out of the way, man, since there you, you already warmed it up, man. Brown Insurance and Financial Services, y'all already know what the vibes is, man. The best insurer out there. You need anything insured, man, from home, auto, motorcycle, life. You need any financial services, hit my man Greg up, 954-589-2204, man. Big coverage, big policy, and the official insurer of the Gator family. That's right. Greg's hooked me up multiple times. Hooked up friends, hooked up family, all that kind of stuff. So appreciate Greg. Greg's with the shits, man. Sure is. Silk, so you said that you may have heard uh, another couple pieces of news from. Uh, from oh Greg. yeah, yeah. I just, so I got. I've been. I was. I told you I've been inquiring about uh, offensive line. I want to know what the offensive line is looking like, man. So I had somebody hit me back. Somebody that's close to the to the team and. Heard we're looking stout up the middle, the middle of the line. Um, we, we're able to push some things around up the middle. Um, they're still installing, installation's still going down, man. But we're looking stout up the middle, so I'm guessing like maybe we, we got to do some gelling with the tackles on the outside. I heard some news um, that Ethan White might be one of your best uh, offensive linemen this year. Really showing out at that position. I like the sounds of that. That's what I, I heard. I, I, I need more information on the line. I want to hear more screaming stuff when the, when everybody's playing, you know, um, some of the, the upperclassmen are, are involved. We'll get into it. we got a lot more camp left. So I was going to say, I don't, I don't even want to just hear it anymore. I think I'll I wanna, hear things from other positions. I want to see. This is one of those things that I want to see, you know. I won't believe until I see it. Yeah, I got trust issues after last year. The lies about yeah. last year's line. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't not trust the information, but I'm skeptical. Just skeptical. 
Yeah. Not from the show me state, but you guys show me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. You like that? I do. I do. That's good. That's good. Yeah, jot that down. Yeah. We're going to get into that road of the week. Let's get it. Let's do it. Come on. You got stuff. Hold on. We're going to try something different, though. We're going to do it. Yeah, we're going to switch it up, man. It's road of the week. Yeah, we're going to. We got pop quiz of the week as well. So either, either or. Uh, but it's brought to you by manscaped.com, the best in the business when it comes to men's grooming, man. Uh, I jump in the shower. I cut that lawnmower 2.0 on, on because, you know, it's waterproof. No snag, no cutting your balls, none of that, man. And right after I get them balls fresh and clean, I got to get the crop preserver, man, the anti-chafing ball de- deodorant. You don't think you need ball deodorant until you get yourself you some ball it. deodorant. Right. It's, it's a game. You don't game. need it until you need it, bro. You just you don't know the levels of grooming and getting yourself fly and fresh until you get yourself some non-chafing crop preserver ball deodorant. Coupon coupon code SG at checkout for twenty percent off and free shipping. Man, support our podcast. Hit them with the question. We got a pop quiz this week, Black. What we got? Daniel. Mm. You ever, you ever heard of juvenile? Hot boys, juvenile? Yes, I've heard of juvenile. Okay, okay. Pop quiz question of the week, Dan. You ever heard of juvenile songs called, huh? Yes. What's the first line of the, of, of that song, Dan? The first uh, question he asked, Dan. Oh, man. What's the first man. line? I'm talking about it's, it's iconic, Dan. When you play it at any club, anywhere, <laughs> everybody know that. It's a great it's a great question. Yeah, yeah. It's a great it question. It is, dog. Yeah. All right, cause, 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 man, if you go to a black barbecue, Dan, everybody going to know this song. <laughs> Dan, go, I'm talking about they may not know the whole song. They're going to know the first line. Yeah, and if, so. you, if, if you pull up to a, a, a black barbecue, you're going to get this question asked if you're in this. Go ahead, Dan. Right. Ass man, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I go, Dan. It took, it took me. I had to go through the song in my head. So uh, I, it's it famously noted that I'm a big fan of uh, of uh, New Orleans rap, Lil Wayne, Juvenile, BG, the Hot Boys, Turk, the rest of them. So uh, that that was that was the heyday of my listening to rap music. So it took me a second. I had to go through it. I had to go through everything. I, I was listening to No Ceilings on Friday and Saturday. Uh, the new mixtape, well, not the new mixtape, the re-release mixtape from Lil Wayne. Uh, so I had to go through it in my head. But uh, all that googling or something, bro. What's going on here? Say what? Are you saying all that while you Google? Say the bar. What, what is it? You got it? That's you and that badass Benz, huh? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, What's the right next there, line? Yeah. What's the next line, Dan? Uh, Extra credit. Extra credit. <laughs> now I got to go through. Okay, hold on. Um, you said, you I, I don't remember. You got to go to the car, huh? You got to go And then the next line talks about some infidelity. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> it's really like they ask them a question they already know. That's what's yeah. so like great about juvenile song, huh? Because he's asking questions that he already know. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Beautiful song, okay. man. Hey, who was your favorite of the hot boys? <sighs> man, it's hard not to say Wayne, man. During the era, Wayne, but, overall, but, like, but, 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 juven- but juvenile was hot though. So, so you had like. I feel like juvenile was like obviously like the the main like 
Yeah. Like the main, yeah, like the main dude, but you know, I like all of them. I ain't gonna lie, bro. They were all Turk, 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 Look, look, bro, Turk followed me on Twitter. I almost had a blue gasket. So I'm like, wait, Turk I grew up listening to this man. Yeah, dog. I was happy, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Huh? I Turk think, um, all right. I can't hear you. You cut out. There. I said, wasn't Turk in jail for a little while? Yeah, yeah, he, he got out. He got Good. out a couple years ago. Yeah, I think Lil Wayne had the overall best career, but at that time when they was actual the hot boys, yeah, I was a big BG fan back then. Big BG fan. BG was BG's my guy. Snap too. BG snap too. So it was, um, Wayne, it, Wayne's career growth was interesting, and you know, you soak you and I talked about this on the boat when we went out with Dan and your dad and all that. Um, you know, because he went from not cursing, right? Because like, right, back that ass up was the first song that he was on that was like on the radio. But then, like, his albums were good, but they weren't really what it was until probably, what, the Carter 1, Carter 2 is when he really started to take around off in the first, career. The first Carter. Uh, but yeah, yeah. around the first Carter. Because remember, he's, before he was with the Hot Boys, though, he was with, with the squad. Am I right, Silk? Something called a squad with, with a few with a few rappers. No, no, Hot Boys before Yeah, bro. Hot Boys, uh, you sure? Squad is just his crew. It's, but was that before the Hot Boys? Is what I'm saying. Nah. So he kind of gathered that squad crew while while with the Hot Boys. So it was like his little side group kinda, from his neighborhood. Side group. Okay. Because I because when he was when he was doing all that, man, he was he was okay. You know, kind of like almost subpar to me. But then when he dropped that first Carter, bro, that just it, it, it took it took him over the top. I liked all the squad shit. It was just it was different. I think I didn't really I couldn't vibe with bro too much, man. I guess because the dude was that it was on their wit. I don't know. Maybe that was it. Yeah, I vibe with the. Yeah, I thought I thought the squad was. Uh, it depends. Like, it, it just depends. Like for the era that we was in, I thought it was dope yeah. mixtape music because nobody was really making mixtape. Nobody music really like mixtapes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. But I'm telling you right now, bro. You put the Carter on. I go to, from the front to the back, every word for word with, with the Carter. Number the Carter, Carter. Yeah, Carter two was okay. Then, yeah. then he popped again with Carter Three. I, Carter was I think I think you just saw his influence of who he was hanging around with each mm-hmm. each each step in yeah. Wayne's career. You can see he was hanging around. So that's the Carter was when he started getting around all the dipset guys, and you start mm-hmm. seeing him wearing the skater stuff and the skinny jeans, and he started looking acting a little bit like Juez Santana. So mm-hmm. I just think his music kind of changed of like who he was with and around at the time. Then you start seeing the era of him hanging with Drake, right? And then the music mm-hmm. changed again. So. Shout out to Weezy, man. One of the goats. Shout out to Weezy. That was a good question, Amon. Thank you, bro. All right, boys. Yeah, you, you hit it up. We, um, we had a good show. Lots of uh, lots of information. We got a, a big guest that uh, uh, we had to reschedule, so we'll get that uh, on the calendar here shortly. But uh, but another big week, and uh, always good to talk with you guys. Same time, same corner next week? For sure, man. You just Look flipped it, bro. You can't flip the, the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> same corner, same time. Yeah, man. There you go. Sorry. Can't flip the shirt. Speaking speaking of shirts, go visit our store, stadiumgal.com slash shop. Shout out to uh, a bunch of you guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, shout out to – we're about to drop some new merch this week. Mm -hmm. And um, these boys about to clear some things up, and we got some new merch about to drop. Man, shout out to everybody that's supporting Stadium Miguel at stadiummiguel.com. Buying our merch. Uh, The love is real, man. Um, Let's get get this logo out and about everywhere, man. It's, It's football season. Get Absolutely. some orange and blue on and get out in these streets and let them know who's the best podcast out here.
Absolutely. And if you see something in our store that it's a, maybe on a shirt and you want it on a hoodie, maybe you want it on a sticker, maybe you want it uh, on a onesie, uh, you know, kids t-shirt, whatever it is, just reach out. Uh, you can shoot us an email. Or yeah, I think you, you can do it on leggings. You can do it on a bikini. You yeah. can do it on a whole bunch. You can do it on shoes. You can do it on a bunch of different stuff. So so give us a shout uh, if you want it on a different item of clothing. Also, shout out to our Patreon folks. Uh, really, really appreciate your support every week. Um you know, shout out to everybody that uh, is a contributor um, to, you know, retweeting, posting. Thanks to everybody that uh, that, that ranked us a five-star last week, uh, charted again last week. So we appreciate that. And we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to try to get you up to the minute uh, information. Every once in a while, we'll probably drop a, a podcast if we hear something that, that's truly uh, interesting or juicy or we'll put it out on Twitter for you guys. We're not trying to keep any information from you. But other than that, uh, Ahmad, I think you got the uh, the song this week. Song of the week, okay. Oh, I you got me all go out of it. You got play. You got player, Remember? Mm. So I'm gonna, um, I'm, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go swag, sir. Or surf swag, I should say. Surf swag. Yeah, I always thought surf it was swag, swag surf too, and then no ceilings came and, on first time. And then, so and then no, yeah. So, so I, I, my mistake. Surf swag, Lil Wayne says no ceilings just came out of Apple Music. See you next week. Same corner, same time. Believe that.
like emergency calls, man. I just be chillin'. I'm cool like Lou Rawls. Got money in the building. I'm putting up new walls. Nigga, take your missus off the sunset. Some new laws. My flow is like rubbing two logs. Young moolah, we the new shit, new draws. Uh, I get off my dick. I ain't fucking with you. Watch me shoot to the bank. I'm a money pistol. Weezy beat the beat up like Sunny Lister. Friend or sister, I mean a bitch. She never met her best friend or sister. I leave the pussy Microsoft like Windows Vista. Young Tucci pop that Gucci for a goon hoe. Bullet in you boys' memories, now you ain't like you don't know. Eastside, who I do it for? Eagle Street, right by the store. Katrina wiped the city out, but couldn't fuck with Hollywood. Lost some real niggas I knew from a long time ago. But heaven or hell, I'm hoping that they be where I'ma go. Take a nigga, girl, and nigga come get me. No ceilings. No.